Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Friday, May 20th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, we bring you the latest when it comes to Kansas basketball. The Jayhawks are finished polishing their national championship trophy and are getting on with next season. Who is going to the pros? Who's staying or transferring in? Beat writer Gary Bedore is here to break it all down. Here's a heads up. We recorded the podcast on Thursday afternoon, and since then, KU picked up a commitment from Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCuller. He's entered his name in the NBA draft, but if McCuller plays in college next season, it will be at Kansas. We cover several other topics with Gary as well, so let's get started. Okay, we're here with Gary Bedore, going to talk Kansas basketball, and um, you would think, what, six months or six weeks after a national championship, uh, Kansas would be, you know, kicking up its feet and, you know, still enjoying the, you know, the, the memory of a, an NCAA title, but that is not the case. There is a ton of stuff going on with the Jayhawks. <laughs> Nobody better to talk about it than Gary Bedore. So, Gary, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Yeah, things are going well. Well, good. Let's Let's start – with the uh, with the NBA Combine, with um, a lot going on there. Tell us who is there and, and, and why the Combine even exists. Well, the Combine is uh, the situation in which the NBA, which goes to a lot of college games during the season to scout players, decides that it needs to do its own evaluation up close and personal So they put 76 prospects at the NBA Combine, mostly American college players uh, that have declared for the draft that they invite to go through drills. Today starts five-on-five scrimmages for two days, and uh, they watch the guys up close and personal. Now, it's on the heels of the NBA – relatively new NBA G league elite camp, which was Monday and Tuesday for 44 guys who maybe aren't as highly regarded yet as the combine invitations. So Jalen Wilson, who played so well for KU winning the title uh, and Dave McCormack, the hero of the, the game with the two buckets laid against Carolina, they they went to the G League uh, elite camp. Jalen played pretty well, double-figure scoring both games, so he was invited to stick around for the combine. David played okay. He he scored nine and seven, I think. Didn't grab a ton of rebounds in the two games at the G League event. Was not invited to stick around for the NBA combine, seven guys were asked to stick around. Jalen Wilson was one of them. So they will play ball today and tomorrow. Uh, Ochai Egbaji will not play in the combine games because he's pretty much a lock for the first round and he doesn't want to do anything. A lot of players don't want to play and drop in stature. So he won't play, but Christian Brown is at the NBA Combine. And uh, as a possible first-rounder, most thinks for sure second, if not first, he's going to go ahead and play in the games, as is Jalen Wilson. 
So uh, that <laughs> is kind of a nutshell, the combine. Uh, some media members are there. Uh, not a lot of media cover it, you know, but it's something that uh, everybody follows and because they want to know if their players are going to stay in the draft or come back. Right. Um, and they have until, what is it? Is it June 1st yep. to, uh, to declare whether they're going to stay in the draft or not? Yeah. If they want to come back to college, you have to pull out of the draft by June 1st, midnight or something. Uh, that I believe that that day at 11.59 p.m. or whatever. So we'll I have to check on that, but it's June 1st. You know, I, I actually covered the combine one year, and I can't remember which year it was. And and I, I wasn't in – it's in Chicago, and it's always yeah. been in Chicago. And I, I was in Chicago for another story, and I remember thinking, well, as long as I'm here, let's go cover the combine. Yeah. I don't believe Kansas had a player that year at the combine, but what I what surprised me was just how available the players were to the media. I think – I think the NBA wants to give them that experience too. They set them out at tables and um, and had media members interview a lot of these top prospects. And I just I remember thinking at the time, wow, this probably not many people who cover college basketball know this. You know, this yeah. you know, that you could you can get access to players now. Of course, they will have finished their a lot of them finished their um, you know their college careers, so maybe they're not as interesting to media from different markets from the, from the yeah. college market. But anyway, I just thought it was, it was an interesting um, uh, s- scenario where they, they do put those players in front of reporters and, yeah. and, and, and you know, when we talk about combines too, I think the NBA one is certainly lesser known than the NFL, which, uh, which is televised by the NFL network and goes on for, what is it? Four days in Indianapolis. But yeah. But like the NFL Combine, uh, there are a lot of measurables that are taken at um, at, at the NBA Combine. And I, I was reading your story, Gary, and I, I was kind of fascinated by uh, what what NBA what measurements they do and what they're looking for. You know, it's not about forty times like it is with the NFL, but it's about you know uh, you know standing jumps and, yeah. um, and and body percentage of body fat things like that but you know with, with the four Kansas players did any numbers kind of stick out to you that were you know kind of eye opening and in terms of you know how, how athletic they were well uh sort of because Christian Brown had a max vertical leap of 40 inches and that was third best of the 80 or so players uh, his standing vertical, 33.5, was tied for third. And Ochai Ekbaji was right behind him. So I think those are pretty, pretty – well, those are good results for those guys, but I think they like to know, you know, if guys can are athletic, and that's an athletic uh, measurement. Now, both those guys had low body fat, Ochai 5.4%. Uh, Christian 6.2, pretty good, I think. David McCormick, who weighed about 260, had pretty high body fat, 12%. But I, I'm just having a feeling that that's not a big deal. I mean, you know, uh, what does that mean? You know, some people, why do they have, <laughs> yeah. do you understand it? Why do they have larger body fat? I mean, Dave, 
he does. He's not fat. No, <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's not he's in and good would... shape. And but he he was next to last in body fat. And I have no idea if that alarms them or the NBA officials or what. That's a good question. You know, he, he measured. If I remember your story right, you measured six ten plus, maybe six ten yeah. and a quarter, and that's with shoes on. So you knock an inch off without, or inch and a half maybe without shoes. And yeah, um, and I don't know what. I don't know the NBA well enough to know if there's a spot for a player of his size in that way to, who isn't a, uh, you know, whose game is not built around perimeter shooting, you know? Uh, So I I don't, I just, I don't know. He was fantastic for Kansas, obviously in the game against North Carolina, he was, he wasn't the MVP of the final four, but he was the MVP of that game just because of what he did in the, you know, in those final couple of possessions for Kansas, I, I don't know what his future is. I hope for his sake that he he lands somewhere. He certainly deserves a shot, I think. And, you know, as your old friend Jesse Newell always pointed out that McCormick was a player who always showed up better on the, um, you, you know, the, the, the analytics than he did with the stats, or at least he, you know, he sometimes he just looks a little klutzy when he plays. Yeah. But the, you know, but the the numbers bared out that he was a very productive player for for KU, and like I said, they don't win the national championship without him. Yeah, you got to wonder if somebody will either take a flyer on him in the second round, and so they can bring him to summer league, or if he'll he'll sign with the summer league team as a free agent. But I know uh, a longtime NBA guy that I know said that. Again, he's one of the they consider kind of an old school big man and they they don't like those guys as much anymore. But it's kind of strange because Dave has he's an automatic free throw shooter for a big guy. He's really good at from the line. And that would make you think that maybe he could be one of those guys that could hit an outside shot. But at Kansas, you know, with all that talent, Bill Self doesn't want him ever shooting a 15 footer really, unless they're desperate for a free throw line jumper. So it's kind of strange, you know, you'd think maybe a guy like Dave would go to the G league a year and just see if he can play that style, but they don't do it that way. You know, what, what they see is what they get and they consider Dave what he was in college. But uh, like you said, you know, Keith Langford made a zillion dollars is still making it in Europe. And Perry Ellis um, who made it, who didn't make the NBA is kind of on that path. He's quietly making a lot of money in Europe year after year. So if Dave doesn't, if he gets cut from his summer league team eventually or whatever, you would think, you know, they can hook him up in Europe. I don't know how, what the big guys roll in, in basketball over there really is if they want you to be an outside threat all the time. But uh, from what you hear, he's probably not going to get drafted. So we'll see. Yeah. And also included in your story was uh, kind of a, a roundup of the mock drafts. And what, if, if there's a trend in these, what I've noticed is Ochai is rising and, yeah. and Christian Brown is, you know, he, he kind of, I see him some in the late first, some in the late second, but uh, but but a solid you know person in the draft. And yeah. So let, let's let's talk about those two just for a second. I'll, I'll tell you that I was on a conference call before the end of the season, maybe it was sometime early in the tournament, 
that um, with an NBA executive on a conference call who said that um, that don't be surprised if Abaji goes higher than what the mocks have him right now. And at the time, it seemed like he was in the 20s a lot. And, uh, and, and so this NBA executive said there's they just there, there's so much to like about him, you know, his, his, because of his progress in college and uh, you know, his, his perimeter shooting, his athleticism. What, what is there not to like about about Ochai right now? So that's what you noticed, I think, that, um, that the, the yeah. mock drafts have him ascending. And I saw him as high as number seven in one of them. Yeah, I think that was Gary Parrish of CBS um, had a nice comment saying, I see him at 14 and lower and stuff, but what's not to like about this guy? I mean, he's, he's so on draft night, like you just said, the people that you talked to, maybe he'll go anywhere from six or seven to lottery to the end of the lottery, but uh, pretty good stats from college in all regards his three-point shooting was not bad by any stretch and over 40 percent from a for a yeah yeah it's interesting because had he gone pro after his junior year it sounds like you know he really wasn't that highly regarded so he's one of the few guys or maybe not few guys but he's one of the guys that says something about sticking around because he went to work at last off season and ended up with the dividends, all American national title, best player national title team and all that. So he, he is solidly in round one, maybe one or two mocks has him outside the lottery barely. But as of right now, I think Gary Parrish might be the smart one saying seven, you know, I, I think he might be a seven to 10. Yeah, that would, um, I wouldn't surprise me, especially um, after what you heard. So, yeah, yeah. And of course, like I said, Christian Brown in the twenties, maybe, or, in, or maybe the thirties in the, into the second round, but, uh, but certainly a, a lot to be picked. Jalen Wilson, yep. is someone too, whose uh, stars are rising a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, the fact that he was asked to stick around for the combine probably bodes well for him. We'll see if they put him in the games because there's a lot of players that have to get in those games. And he was not invited to the combine till the G league elite camp, but uh, a lot to like about him, I think too, from an NBA standpoint. And I think the reason everybody, a lot of people think he should come back is that, he could be this year's Ochai story, maybe if he could be the guy that leads the team and has an amazing senior year, and or he'd only be a junior actually. But uh, I don't know. My gut feeling is that he kind of wants to go pro because I think anybody that wins the national title. That's the pinnacle, you know, try to win two in a row. Yeah. And all that, but the elephant is still there about the NCAA. I mean, at some point they're going to make a decision. And if KU is banned from the tournament a year, right. Maybe Jalen Wilson would be like, not as motivated for his senior year college wise. So I think he, he needs to hear 
from these scouts what if he's going to be a second round pick. He's not listed much in the first. He's not listed in any first rounds. Only one mock has him in the second. But uh, he might, you know, Wayne Selden turned pro after his junior year, so he could be like that and just want to get started on his pro career. Another elephant is the NIL money. You know, a Jalen Wilson or a Christian Brown, we won't have, nobody will have to feel sorry for him if they come back from a monetary standpoint because they'll make a lot of money either way. So that it's just interesting. If Jalen wants to come back and do it again, he's still going to make some money. You're absolutely right about the NIL. And you mentioned Wayne Seldon. He's going to come up in the conversation we're going to have a little bit later after we take a break. We'll be right back on Sportsbeat KC. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat KC talking Kansas basketball with Gary Bedore. A lot of topics we want to run through here, Gary. And uh, let's start with a Tyrese Hunter update. Uh, One of the uh, he's in the transfer portal. The the Iowa State freshman who was the Big 12 freshman of the year had a really nice season for the Cyclones, was really big in their win over LSU in the first round of the NCAA um, and 23 points in, in that game. So he is a, you know, he's got Kansas on his list of five. And what's the, is there a kind of a latest feeling about, about Tyrese Hunter? And before you answer that, let me say that you and I are talking on Thursday. This will be posted on Friday. So I apologize if something happens one way or the other here in the next 24 hours. Yeah. What do you think, Gary? What's, what's up with Tyrese Hunter? Well, he, he was to visit, uh, and his visit was supposed to end yesterday. It's been kind of quiet. Uh, no sightings of him. I didn't see him around. Uh, but he uh, he hasn't been giving uh, updates publicly. He hasn't been tweeting anything. So that leaves us to just know that he visited Texas last weekend. Uh I'm I'm assuming he was here the last two days. I think he was. That leaves Tennessee has still gotten some mention. Uh, Gonzaga, Purdue, Louisville, but uh, he won't be visiting Louisville because I think he can still just make five visits. But the analysts seem to think KU or Texas, maybe Tennessee still, and uh, could be any time, I guess. You know, if he's not giving many updates, he could just put something on Twitter or whatever. So not a strong feeling. There was a strong feeling about Texas before this KU visit got announced. And 
Kansas has no scholarships available if Brown and Wilson were to come back. So somebody would have to leave. And I don't know if they want to just take commitments and then see what Jalen and Christian are going to finally do finalize or uh, wait. So until, till we get an update from the kid himself and no one's been able to get him uh, lately to, you know, to, to get an update. So none of the recruiting services either, I believe. So we'll see what happens with him, but I know Kansas hype. Well, I don't know, but I think Kansas would definitely like to have him. Good player. Very good player. And, it, and the thought just occurred to me, Gary, that um, you're, the, the number of the scholarship numbers, right. It's the, the, it's still 13, right. The yeah. scholarships for, for men's basketball, but with the NIL money that's out there, I wonder if a player, you know, would give up a scholarship knowing that he can make up all of that and and, and more, and in some cases, much more, um, yeah. in 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 be technically a walk on, but end up, you know, having you know having your education paid for and a lot of money in your pocket. That's something that I haven't seen much or haven't seen anybody talk about. Maybe that's a topic that we can explore uh, down yeah. the road a little bit. So there's another transfer out there, another player at a Big Twelve school who's got Kansas on his radar, and that's Kevin McCuller from from Texas Tech. He's he's a veteran. He's been in the He's been in the, the Red Raiders program for, for three seasons and is also looking at KU, is he not? Yeah, and he he was at the G League Elite Camp and did not get an invite to the Combine. And in the game, he was one for seven shooting So uh, and has not been getting a lot of mention as a draft pick, either first or second round. So with a final two of KU and Gonzaga – and a lot of speculation that it's not going to be Gonzaga. Um, you would think that he'll be a not. You would think that Kay's a favorite with with him down to two and Gonzaga not getting any much buzz. And some of the national recruiting services already predicting him to KU. So uh, again, I guess any minute he could he could announce unless KU's waiting for the final word of Brown and Wilson. Okay. Uh, I know they like him a lot, not just because he's gonna, going to be one of the best defensive players in the league next year again, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the KU people think he has ability on offense. They just like, they like a lot about him. He was honorable mention all league. So Interesting that two Big 12 guys with passionate fan bases, you know, <laughs> could conceivably see their player here, which, you know, that changes the dynamic of those matchups, at least in the road games, because people aren't going to like seeing Tyrese Hunter or Kevin McCuller no. <laughs> playing for the, the defending national champs when they go to Texas Tech, which which has great crowds the last several years. And we know about Iowa state uh, with all the fans that come to Kansas city for the tournament. They're great. They, they pack Hilton magic. Right, <laughs> they, right. They don't want to see him playing for Kansas. 
Now, what did how did uh, how was Jalen Coleman Lands received in Ames this year? I, I don't remember. Did he play? Did he? You know what? They didn't treat him badly. Um, he is kind of a likable guy, so maybe <laughs> maybe they just like him, or Left the him fact away. that there was a trade of Enaruna to <laughs> Iowa State, and maybe they just considered it a a nice little trade and nothing to get too worked up about either way. Boy, I remember games up in Hilton where, uh, boy, those Iowa State fans would get on players that didn't start at Iowa State but were from the state of Iowa. Guys like Rafe LaFriends and Nick Collison and Kirk Heinrich, and um, those guys would get booed mercilessly at uh, at Hilton Coliseum. Oh, yeah. when uh, Definitely Rafe, and uh, I think they tried to get on Nick Collison quite a bit, but uh, – I I think it kind of might have bothered Rafe a little bit, but I think Nick can't. They both handled it well, but yeah, uh, those fans will will go after you, Gary. I really enjoyed reading a story that you wrote last week. Um, I guess KU graduation was Sunday, and not only was you know Ochai Abaji there, uh, and just as a just an aside, Ochai who went to one college and one high school in his career, Oak Park, of course, in Kansas City. That doesn't happen much anymore. It was kind of cool to see. But there he was graduating. And in the photo with him and Bill Self was Wayne Selden also graduating. Here's Selden, who last played at KU, I think, in 2016. Yeah, yeah. 2016. I remember it's, and uh, came back to get his his, uh, his degree and graduate. And I believe, if I read your story correctly, Thomas Robinson also uh, graduated on on Sunday, so that's a that's a nice story to see those guys come back and and, and get their degrees. I know you had a chance to talk to Selden. Yeah, Thomas uh, was supposed to come back and walk, but something came up, and and as far as I know, he never made it to town. And I I think we would have known because I. I was hanging out around Bill Self and the in the team before when they take pictures and nobody was expecting Thomas, but he he got his degree, which is great for Thomas Robinson because it's been ten years for him. Yeah, uh, Wayne Selden, whose brother Anthony played at Lawrence High, um, he was here, and Wayne's mom and I. I don't know if any other relatives were here, but mom was really happy and proud and. And Wayne looked great. He's he he's in great shape, and he's finally he's had nagging injuries, and he's finally healthy. Started the season with the Knicks and lasted till January. Don't even know if he got in a game. It's strange how the NBA works. Mario Chalmers had a ten day with Miami and never got in a game this year. So uh, Wayne was happy. He said he kept plugging away. Self was quick to credit the KU academic people because they they like they want all their guys to graduate and they stay in contact with them and and have good advisors to make sure they they know how to get the degree, what classes to take. So uh, Wayne came in and uh, it was just him, he and Ochai, because though Kansas had a ton of seniors, most of them have graduated already. So <laughs> even uh, Tian must have walked last year because uh, we know Tian would have walked. He, he, he's like Mitch Lightfoot, Mr. loves KU so much, and uh, neither of those guys walked, but they've already graduated. So 
Uh, it was just Ochai and Selden and and KU does it well. They all meet at the the statues up on campus and take pictures of all the team's graduates. And uh, Selden was really happy. We talked for a little bit for a quick interview, and he was excited about doing it because he had promised his mom when he came here out of Massachusetts that he would get his degree, and and he he wants to to be a businessman after he graduates or uh, he definitely wants to coach or do something like that. And you need to have a degree. Nice story on, on uh, Wayne Selden. And of course, Wayne Selden is going to go down with uh, as in KU history, I think as part of one of the greatest recruiting classes that Bill Self ever had. Um, Wayne Selden in the entered KU in 20, the, the, the first season, his freshman year was 13, 14. That recruiting class, freshman class that year, Joel Embiid, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, Frank Mason, who would only go on to become the unanimous national player of the year, Connor Francamp, Brandon Green, and Landon Lucas was in that as well. So some terrific players, two NBA All-Star starters, mm. and um, and I think a future MVP in, in Joel Embiid. But, uh, but Andrew Wiggins uh, has gotten off to a really nice start here in the NBA Western Conference Finals playing for Golden State and did the job on Luka Doncic uh, in the first game on, um, on uh, Wednesday. I've got my days right. Yeah, Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. So Wiggs had 19 points and did, the, did a really nice job defensively. And that was kind of the story of the game for, for Golden State, wasn't it? That, uh, that Wiggs yeah. did as big as he did. Yeah, I mean, he he was all the the rage of the New York Times and uh, ESPN, and all most of the game stories were about his defense to go with his uh, good offensive showing. Had nineteen, I believe. So, uh, bit it'll be big for Wiggins to to match that in game two because. Luca is going to really be motivated yes, after all this stuff. And, and uh, Andrew, if he can do it again, wow, he could. This is the Western Conference Finals. He's got time to win a ring this year and, and really solidify his status as not a bust as a number one overall pick, which – some people had called him a bust before he was an all-star this season, but you know, I, one NBA pundit was saying some, the cliche is true. Sometimes if you find the right team, you can take off finally talent of an Andrew Wiggins. And, and uh, I just think his personality has always been to defer a little bit. And now he's, he's got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and those guys and Wiggins, what a per! If you're Steve Kerr, you've got to be going. This is pretty good. Yep, yep. And I think I think we determined earlier in the week that uh, Wiggs and Markeith Moore, so the two players left in the NBA playoffs that went yeah. to Kansas. Keith, play, of course, plays for the Miami Heat and won a ring a couple of years ago with the Lakers in that bubble, that the NBA playoffs that ended up in the bubble. So. Um, so if you're a Kansas basketball fan, two Jayhawks to keep an eye on in the playoffs. Gary, we have run out of time. It is great talking to you, and we will do it again soon. 
All right. Thank you, sir. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Randy Mason produced today's show, and thanks to the production team of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Gary Bedore for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition is a digital product that brings you dozens of pages of Kansas City and national sports coverage every day. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with another Sports Beat KC.